Hello and welcome back. My name is Luke and you're listening to another episode of the Next Stage podcast by Web Summit, taking you inside the minds of business and cultural leaders from around the world. It's Wednesday, and every Wednesday we're looking at some of the best and brightest minds that Web Summit has to offer. So sit back, relax, and listen in as we hear from the leading minds and industry giants from all over the planet. I'm Inafried with Axios. I'm joined today by Jason Citron, the CEO of Discord. Welcome, Jason. Hey, Ina. Thanks for having me. So some people know Discord, some people don't. But what I know a lot of people don't know is that you didn't really start out trying to build a gaming chat service, or at least that wasn't the primary goal. Talk a little bit about how Discord got started and ended up building the product that it's known for today. Yeah, um, back in 2012, uh, when we started the company, our original vision was to um, build, actually start by building a game that was a competitive team-based multiplayer title on um, on smart devices. You know, I thought that mobile devices and tablets were going to, you know, take over um, or be used by everyone all around the world, and people would be playing uh, competitive multiplayer games. So we started by building a game with the goal of using a game to kind of bootstrap a communication network. Um, to your point, we didn't start focused on the communication network, um, and uh, we built a game. We launched it. Uh, you know, won some awards, but um, that's a difficult business. So it didn't end up really bootstrapping the network way we thought. And uh, if you squint, though, we kind of ended up, you know, playing out the, the 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 story as we as we imagined. And then talk about how it took off. Like, where did it first gain traction, and how did it become what it is today, which is the main way that gamers uh, talk to one another, at least uh, when they're texting. Yeah, you know, so Discord started uh, um, from observations that, that I made and my co-founder made both from like our life experiences growing up playing video games and, and, and spending so much time with our, with our uh, friends and um, really like building great relationships and creating all these amazing memories playing multiplayer games together. And then um, watching people play uh, the game that we built, um, you know, back in 2012 with launch in 2014. And at the end of 2014, we were thinking about, you know, what to do next. And my co-founder Stan, was like, hey, you know, I have an idea for how we could just build a communication uh, service directly without having to bootstrap it. And you know, taking all the experience from our from our personal lives, um, we started working on Discord in early 2015 and launched the first version in about May of that year. So it's pretty quick from um, sort of start to launch. And obviously, it hasn't been that long. It's only been five years, but you guys have grown pretty substantially. How did it first take off in the gaming community? What was there a moment or an event that really helped uh, Discord become central, or did it just sort of slowly build on itself or quickly build on itself? Yeah, it, it, it there was no singular moment where we went from from nowhere to somewhere. You know, like like most. Um, success stories it, it, you know the, the overnight success happened over you know half a decade um, and it you know it started with really just us trying to convince our friends to use the service and be like hey check this out we think this is better they would try it they shared it with some people and it sort of went you know uh, snowballed from there so it built organically and that was obviously good that's what you'd hoped for um, then something happened that you weren't hoping for in addition to its main use around gaming uh, discord became pretty popular among a bunch of alt-right groups. Certainly Charlottesville, I think, was the moment that everyone heard about it in that context. How did that happen and how did Discord respond? Well, you know, it, it turns out that by that what we built 
um, is, is actually this amazing way that people can spend time together talking and hanging out around things that they're passionate about. And um, it just so happens that, that, that people can be passionate about all sorts of things, most of which are, are great and fantastic things and some of which are not. And um, you know, technology uh, it, it isn't sort of good or evil in any, in any sort of inherent sense. It's really a reflection of, of what people do with it. And you know, the, the incident you're talking about was uh, you know, a number of years ago was really a moment for us to realize that we have to take a very strong proactive stance to make sure that what we're building is used as a force of good, for good in the world. You know, privacy and safety was built into the core of Discord because of the way that it works. It's an invite-only service where you bring your friends into it, what we call a server, which is kind of like a group or a community where you can talk and, and do things together, you know, text chat, voice chat, video chat, and really get the feeling of spending time together. And um, that moment in, in, you know, when that happened, um, what you're referring to, uh, cause us to really invest in in broader community trust and safety in a big way, and you know today now our trust and safety team is actually about fifteen percent of our of our company. They're all in house. We have very strict community guidelines and a zero tolerance policy for any kind of hate or extremism, and we will um, ban and kick people off the platform if we identify their behavior. And we often hear what you said, which is that tech isn't good or bad; it's how it's used. Others in the industry use that as an excuse not to police their own platforms or to say that the task is too big or we can't catch everything. You guys are using it as a way of saying, yeah, the technology can be used for good or bad and we only want it to be used for good. How important is it, do you think, for not just you guys, but platforms in general to take a strong stand around how their platforms are used, even if that wasn't the intent? Well, I think it's important for us to take a strong stand, right? It's hard for me to say, you know, what other people should do. I don't understand really the, the core trade-offs that are at the heart of what they're doing. But, uh, you know, in, in many cases, it, it, it does leave me sort of wondering and unsure about, about why people are taking the, the, the stances that they take. Um, but for us, it, it, was, it was one of those moments where we just looked at ourselves and we said, like, what do we want our our life's work to be about like what do we want this thing that we're building to be remembered for and and the impact that it has in the world and it just it seems so obvious that it, it needed to be something positive and so that's what drove us to make the, to, to take the stand the very proactive stance that we've taken and how has discord grown since then i mean it seems like it isn't no longer uh, a tool for the far right but it is more than a gaming service talk about um who's using it today and how much gaming represents uh, both what Discord is today, but also where you'd like to see uh, Discord go. Yeah. Um, so gaming is still a, a tremendous part of 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 um, the way that people use Discord. Um, but starting in 2019, we began to really notice from anecdotes and stories we were hearing from people that folks were really adopting Discord in a big way for things in their life that had nothing to do with playing games with friends. You know, we started hearing people talk about using Discord to host um, book clubs or studying together, doing homework or, you know, making music together, practicing trombone, holding recitals and all these interesting kind of like um, activities and ways to spend time with people in your life. And um, over the last year, uh, we've really um, embarked on a listening tour to hear from our user base at large, like what they're doing. And it drove us to realize that actually this thing that we created, which was intended to be about talking with your friends and hang out with them while they're playing games is really just become a place that people can talk 
with 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 the people in their life. So we made this a uh, big push in June to to sort of rebrand the company and start talking about Discord in a new way as your place to talk. And and um, it's been really remarkable to see how this trend has accelerated as a result of of um, the shelter in place driven by coronavirus. And actually, um, our our user base has grown you know more than fifty percent from February just as a result of so many people turning to a digital place like Discord to really connect and spend quality time with their communities and friends. And I was going to ask, like, is it just more usage? Is it different usage? What are you seeing as a result of the pandemic? It sounds like it may be both. Yeah, definitely both. You know, we're hearing um, a lot more like university professors setting up discords for their students to, um, you know, connect with each other and talk and help each other. And then also to hop in and have live, you know, lessons because you can have 50 people on a voice chat uh, and video chat on Discord and then also have, you know, organized channels where you can have different topics, you know, for maybe different classes or different um, subjects with the same group of people. We're hearing, um, you know, a lot of people using Discord, as I mentioned, for, for study groups. One person we heard actually set up like an online comedy club because they can't go there to a comedy club anymore where they're not hosting comedy shows on Discord. They got their friends to come in, their friends invite their friends, and they have these like weekly hangouts where they just sort of like, you know, get to have that experience of spending time together, but in a, in a, in a digital way. And so as you think about these, both the core use and the expanded use, how do you balance what's still a fairly small company in terms of where do you put the resources for development, building features that you know the core gaming community really wants versus uh, the tools that help continue that broad usage? How are you managing sort of how to divide your limited development resources? The wonderful thing about, about Discord is that at its core, I mean, not even at its core, like for the most part, it's, 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 a, it's a, just a different kind of communication service that was built to, um, to, to, to serve the needs of, 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 of groups of people who play games. And it has turned out that the way that we built the invite-only space, the way that we make it seamless to move between text, voice, and video, and the way that we give you the power to control the rules and norms in your space is actually just the things that that all people want to be able to organize and come together and spend time together. So the the, the reality is that we that by making that experience better, it makes it better for people who play games and also makes it better for people who don't. So it's it's actually been interesting that we really aren't splitting our resources because it's kind of the same the same uh, you know benefit that we're offering people. And what of the social media other platforms that are out there do you see yourself most like or most different from when we're talking about Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Slack? How do you see yourselves as similar to some of those? What do you see as the key differences? Right. I mean, the, 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 one of the main differences with Discord is that there's no algorithms, there's no feeds, you know, things don't go viral. Discord is about conversation and it's about spending quality time with people. So there are definitely features that you can pick and pull from different services that that Discord offers. But what really makes it magical is um, if you think about it is sort of the way it all comes together. And if you think about the like physical spaces and how the way a physical space is designed can prompt people to behave very differently. Like if you think about the way that a coffee shop is set up with tables and chairs versus a let's say auditorium where there's lots of rows and everyone's facing one direction, those spaces prompt people to to behave in different ways. And, and, and social products 
similarly prompt people to behave in different ways. And so while they both may have chairs and tables, the arrangement and, and how they come together and the feel of the environment causes people to act quite differently. And so the magic with Discord is that it, it, I actually think we're offering something quite unique um, compared to other services. And it's interesting because Microsoft's Teams has actually taken what you talked about and put it, made it quite literal. So they have a virtual coffee shop, they have a virtual auditorium to help because it's really hard. I mean, we're talking over a computer right now, but it's the same computer and the same setup that uh, my seven-year-old is attending school and other people are trying to have a social gathering. How important is it to be able to have your digital space take on some elements of the physical space it's looking to replace? And are there things on Discord's roadmap that would have even more ability to, to sort of customize the furniture, if you will, both figuratively and literally? Right, right. Well, I, I think I think that that uh, mental models and metaphors are useful to a point. Like I think at some point, like literally, like literally putting seats and chairs. I I, I haven't tried that feature, um, but it, it it sounds a little gimmicky. I don't know. Um, but um, I, I think I think what's important really is the way that 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 um, the, the these services make you feel. And I do think that that being able to customize and make it your own is a big part of what makes Discord feel so. Um, fun and so inviting for people um, to just be able to relax and kick back with their friends. Um, so, you know, there are many ways you can customize the Discord server and we continue to 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 create more. In fact, our, our business model is is actually about self-expression and making it more fun to talk. You know, we offer a subscription service um, that you can that you can choose to 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 subscribe to. And we give you the ability to kind of set like a banner on your server to be able to use custom and animated emoji when you're talking and have higher, you know, frame rate for sharing video um, and things like that. And so um, people really, and, and it's doing quite well. So people really love the idea of, of customizing their space and, um, and making it their own. Well, it's been really great to chat. Um, maybe a year or two from now, we'll be able to have this over Discord, maybe in uh, virtual reality, or maybe someday we'll be able to have uh, discussions in person again. I'm not sure which scenario is most likely, uh, but Jason, uh, thank you so much. And if you enjoyed this conversation, I do a daily newsletter for Axios. You can go to getlogin.axios.com. Thanks for listening. And if you want to hear more about these topics firsthand, or you want to let us know what you want to hear, be sure to check us out on any of our social media accounts or visit websummit.com. That's websummit.com.